Hey, welcome back to Well That's Interesting. The humans really come up with the wildest shit. For real. Why aren't we all dead yet? Edition! Today is episode 149. The U.S. Air Force's plan to stop Earth's rotation. And yeah, more nuclear material went missing. You know, you know, my friends, I say boy howdy a lot on this show, but boy fucking howdy. <laughs> the topics we're going to cover today take the face palming, jaw dropping, and the boy howdying to a record breaking level. In the first half of the show, as the title of this episode suggests, yes, once upon a time, during a little thing called the Cold War, which some would say is still a thing, a handful of U.S. military men put their heads together in an attempt to solve a wee problem. Uh, that wee problem was, what the fuck do we do if them there commies fire big old nuclear warheads at the U.S.? Are we just going to sit there like plain old sitting ducks who sit? Nay. Nay. <laughs> We're not plain old sitting ducks. We're patriotic, star-spangled, bald eagles, double-fisting freedom. Which means... <clears throat> we're going to come up with a plan that puts America first. To dodge those missiles, we're going to stop the Earth's rotation and watch in glorious purple majesty as those commie bombs overshoot their targets. End scene. Thank you. Uh, my friends, if this sounds like a stupid fucking idea, it is. It was. And it took a strategic analyst at the Rand Corporation to stop these gentlemen and explain why. Now, what the fuck is the RAND Corporation? Would this plan even be possible? And what absolutely horrific things would happen to Earth? And yes, to Americans as well, because we live here. What would happen to us all? All, all of that, we're going to get into it. And honestly, nuclear war would be a nicer death. Yeah, it's that fucked up. Uh, then after the break, <laughs> some recent news uh, and just as fucked up, kind of. Uh, but this also has a happy ending, <laughs> kinda. Uh, nothing has been destroyed. But for a minute, things could have gone south. My friends, so much is happening in the world, I bet you never heard about the two and a half tons of natural uranium that went missing from Libya. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a longtime member of the flock, you know we love covering these kinds of whoopsie-daisies. Uh, scroll on back and have a listen to episode 126, Lost Radioactive Capsule, somewhere in Australia, and how much SPF is needed for a trip to the sun. It was a good fucking time, let me tell you. Uh, but today, today we're going to cover literal barrels of material that just went poof into thin air and find out what the fuck happened. Um, but before we plunge into that crap, I'm Jill Chacha, and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock, my worried business goose. We have so much to cover, so let's just get right into it by stepping into our fanciest time machine. Yes, my friends, we're going to dial this way the fuck back to a politically, racially, and internationally charged era. Now, which fucking one, you may be asking? Good question. Uh, this time around, it's the 1960s, and here we are, sitting next to Daniel Ellsberg, a strategic analyst at the Rand Corporation, <clears throat> who was just probably minding his own fucking business when he was approached by several officers from the U.S. Air Force. Now, I could see this all happening while he was taking a bite out of some bologna sandwich in the cafeteria, but I can't say for sure that's how it all went down. Uh, what I can confirm are the details about the Rand Corporation and why the fuck they picked Daniel and the Rand Corporation to begin with. Turns out, my friends, 
this was no coincidence. The Rand Corporation was established in 1948 by the Douglas Aircraft Company to conduct research for, you guessed it, the U.S. Armed Forces following World War II. And God only knows what kind of UFO-ish fun things they got up to during the 1950s. Now, today, it considers itself a nonpartisan, but still American, <laughs> nonprofit global policy think tank, which conducts research and development in multiple fields and industries, including more civilian serving non defense issues like in healthcare and education, totally on the up and up, I'm sure. But we're not talking about today. We're talking about the 60s. And this type of company found itself dead smack in the middle of the space race and, of course, the Cold War's nuclear bomb race. And little Daniel Ellsberg was one of the strategic analysts hanging around this clusterfuck of a county fair and all of its games. So, on one fine day, he was handed a classified proposal which focused on a hypothetical and a hypothetical solution. The proposal of this fashionably... The proposal, sorry, was fashionably titled Project Retro. Yeah, you can't, you can't make this up. It was the 60s and they called it Project Retro. And as Daniel flipped through its pages, he couldn't believe his fucking eyes. Quote, The officer originating this proposal envisioned that if our ballistic missile early warning system radars detected and reported on the huge viewing screens at NORAD, a large flight of missile warheads coming across the North Pole from the Soviet Union aimed at our missile fields in North and South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, and Missouri, an array of Atlas engines would be fired as near simultaneously as possible to stop the Earth's rotation momentarily. The Soviet missiles in, on their inertial path would thus bypass or overfly their intended targets. Our land-based retaliatory force would be saved to carry out, presumably when things had settled down and Earth was again spinning normally, a retaliatory attack against the cities and soft military targets in the Soviet Union, end quote, Daniel told the Daily Grail. So, my appalled business goose, you heard that right. To deal with a surprise nuclear attack by the Soviets in their attempt to take out America's nuclear arsenal, the U.S. government came up with the idea of firing a bunch of engines all at once in the opposite direction of the Earth's rotation to well, stop the rotation and wave goodbye to those bombs as they pass over. Um, my friends, what can I say? Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who aren't business geese and they don't know this is a very bad idea. And a lot of those people are in important positions. Now, Daniel too was very much aghast and maybe even a smidge more because, quote, the proposal had already gone through a number of Air Force offices with a routing chart showing that it had been seen and acted on by their research and development and science and technology departments, among others. End quote. Daniel further told the Daily Grail. So yes, this passed through several approval stages. And now here it was on Daniel's lap to get an additional green light. Being an analyst, he was asked, one, can this be done? Two, how many engines would it take exactly? And three, any drawbacks to this? Probably not, right? My friends, <laughs> somehow Daniel kept his cool and he was like, okay, all right, okay. I'm going to answer this and put a fucking stop to it right the fuck now. 
let's tackle the first question. Can it be done? And of course, where there's a will, there's a way. The answer is unfortunately yes, but fortunately, even the United States doesn't have enough resources to make this happen. Now, if you want to call it math, uh, the authors of Project Retro did a little mathing to get the ball rolling. Uh, they said, hey, look, hey, look, we got a plan. It's got two parts. Now, first, first, all you need are a thousand first stage Atlas engines, the largest rocket propulsion engine available. Mwah. Then what you're going to do is you're going to fasten them securely to the Earth in a horizontal position. OK, that's important. Horizontal facing opposite of the Earth's rotation. You fire them up and bada bing, bada boom, no boom on US soil, finger guns. Now, that was, yes. Now, Daniel uh, did some actual math, like with numbers and equations and shit. And yes, as you can imagine, it takes more than a thousand engines to stop Earth rotating. A lot more. Quote, if you do the maths, it's about 2.6 times 10 to the 21st power of kilograms of propellant, or to put it another way, 500 times the mass of the Earth's atmosphere. End quote. From Daniel's 2017 tell-all book, The Doomsday Machine, Confessions of a Nuclear War Planner. Yes, yes. Project Retro has been declassified, and now we get to read just how close the U.S. was to killing everyone and thing. Uh, but if you want the book, absolutely go go to town but back to the fact that we'd need so much propellant it would weigh 500 times the mass of the earth's atmosphere now if you need a visual if, if you need that as a visual uh that's the equivalent of a million billion rocket engines <laughs> so now we've just answered the second question just how many engines would it take now this cartoonish situation if enacted would stop the earth for a moment. But actual hell would follow shortly thereafter, so much so you would pray for a nuclear attack. So let's answer that third and final question. What would happen to us? Quote, assuming you could build that many engines, once you fired them for the time that was needed to change the Earth's rotation, you would have put 500 times as much gas into the atmosphere. And all of this would be incredibly hot combustion products, Daniel wrote. So even if your targets were to survive the nuclear war, everyone would then be incinerated by all the exhaust gases spreading around the planet. End quote. So, are you listening? North and South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, and Missouri. You'd see the bombs go bye-bye, but then you'd go bye-bye by immediate incineration. Uh, good news, though. Good news. For everyone else, uh, say on the opposite side of the world, you'd die a more horrific death, even before those gases had a chance to reach you. James Zimbelman, senior geologist at the Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., uh, James had a little chat with Stacy Kish of LiveScience.com about this thought experiment of what would happen if the Earth just suddenly stopped rotating. First, here's what we need to consider. Our beautiful planet takes about 23 hours, 56 minutes, and 4 seconds to make one full rotation. Just about. This means, clickety-clack, doing the mathy things, everything at the equator is moving at 1,100 miles per hour. Yeah, you're not standing still. As you move away 
from the equator land and everything on it is moving proportionally slower, but still at a hefty speed. Now, if we suddenly stopped on the, stomped on the brakes, here's a preview of what would happen. Quote, if the planet were to come to an abrupt halt, the angular momentum of the air, water, and even rocks along the equator would keep moving at this speed of 1,100 miles per hour. The movement would scour the surface while ripping it apart and sending shards into the upper regions of the atmosphere and outer space. End quote. So, yeah, take a deep breath. That doesn't sound good. It's incredibly shitty. Every square inch suddenly hurling outward at a thousand miles per hour, give or take. But thankfully, once again, it gets worse. Now, you know the old saying, what goes up must come down? Yeah. That applies here, too, with devastating consequences. Quote, According to Zimbelman, the bits and pieces that broke away from the surface would regain some spin as Earth and its remnants continued on their path around the sun. Eventually, though, the planet's gravitational pull would draw the halo of fragments back with an unexpected effect. Think of it like a meteorite streaking across the sky. The remnants that ended up in the far reaches of the atmosphere and outer space would be drawn to the surface by the Earth's gravitational pull, and they would release energy upon impact. The constant bombardment of those bits and pieces would liquefy the crust into a molten ocean of rock. End quote from LiveScience.com. Let that settle in. Let that settle in, my liquefied business goose. Uh, we'd end up being bombed anyway. Bombed into a soup of sorts. So how about that? Now, um, <clears throat> I hate to break this to you. I, I hate to do this, but what we just covered was an abbreviated version of the story. I know you didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah. But if you're listening to a show like this, I know you want the nitty gritty. You want to know what exactly happens between the point when the earth stops and everything we're standing on ends up in the atmosphere. Shit happens between points A and B. So don't worry, I've got you. I've got the deets to this and a bit more too. Like what if the earth stopped rotating for good? What, what if it just stopped? So it's time to fire up the old tube of you and search if the earth stopped spinning by Insider Tech. Again, that's if the earth stopped spinning by the account Insider Tech. And you're going to see an adorable two-minute animation of what those who survived the incineration would experience, but before the world as we know it, breaks up into trillions of pieces and flung into the atmosphere. Delightful. Now, I said adorable because this animation really is. Please come on by and watch along with me as I play it here right now. Uh, if you're vacuuming or flying a plane and you're distracted, I'll have screenshots on our social media stuffs for you to check out later. Um, along with the adorable animation, there's an adorable soundtrack but no narration. So I will do the honors of reading to you what nightmare scenario awaits. So I'm gonna pull this up right now. And uh, here we go. What would happen if the Earth stopped rotating? The Earth spins at just over a thousand miles per hour at the equator. So what if it suddenly stopped? Everything that isn't tied down would suddenly go flying eastward at more than a thousand miles per hour. This includes the atmosphere, 
creating winds as strong as an atomic blast. The momentum would send giant tsunamis sweeping more than 17 miles inland in less than a minute. An entire Earth Day would become 365 days long. That's six months of scorching sunshine. Followed by six months of frigid night. The sun would now rise in the west and set in the east just once a year. The Earth's spin creates a centrifugal force that causes a bulge at the equator. Over time, this bulge will flatten out. The oceans would migrate to the poles where gravity is the strongest, creating two super oceans and one giant continent in the middle. The magnetic field would slowly fade, leaving the Earth exposed to deadly cosmic rays. Population zero, leaving almost no chance for life to survive. How fun. That was fun. I hope you had a good time too. So my friends, in sum, Daniel Ellsberg did not give Project Retro the green light. <laughs> and the US dropped the idea of halting the Earth's rotation, even for a brief moment. Thank God. After the break, a little story about a lot of nuclear material that went missing. It's only two and a half tons, so what's the problem? We'll also ask, was it ever found? <laughs> Can't wait to dive into this, so please, stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're the All Creatures Podcast. Each week, Angie and I explore and share amazing details about the many animals we share our world with. Plus, Chris and I are both PhD scientists and educators. So we do the deep dives in the scientific research and then come back and share what we learn in a fun and casual way. We also speak with other scientists, animal experts, activists, and many other conservation enthusiasts from all over the planet. So you can find the All Creatures Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. 
20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Now streaming. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Does that. Vacation Friends 2, rated R, now streaming only on Hulu. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, I ask you, what happens when you combine leftover uranium hanging around after the fall of a dictator, a patchwork of armed forces vying for power, and a nuclear watchdog chasing its tail? That's right. You've got the latest installment of, yep, more nuclear material went missing. And this time around, however, it won't feel like the fun Mad Max-like road trip we took back in episode 126, Lost Radioactive Capsules, somewhere in Australia. Check it out if you haven't. It was a good fucking time. Now today, today, we're going to cover a more dangerous situation. And I'm not even talking about the barrels of uranium. Let's get into it. To do so, we need to travel just a wee bit back in time to March of this year, and we need to head on over to the beautiful yet troubled nation of Libya. And for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, you may be wondering where this is. Don't worry, I've got you. Please, picture Africa. Thank you. Now point to the very northeast corner. Okay, there is Egypt. Now move your finger to the left, and there is Libya. Easy. And that's as easy as it's going to get, I'm afraid. On March 16th, Sinead Harvey, a spokeswoman for the UN's International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, held a press conference and said, by golly, there's uh, 10 barrels worth of uranium uh, missing from an undisclosed site in southern Libya. Now, uh, you probably have a few questions like, what the fuck? Uh, How much is that? Exactly. And can it be used to make something dangerous? And how do you even know it's missing in the first place? Whoa. Okay. All great questions. Let's start with the barrels, which altogether are filled with about two and a half tons of uranium. Um, But not the glowy radioactive type Mr. Burns might bury. Uh, Patricia Lewis, a nuclear physicist and arms control expert who probably doesn't sleep much, told the New York Times... That uranium is actually, quote, uranium concentrate, often called yellow cake, which means it's mostly uranium-238 and not itself a big worry in terms of nuclear proliferation. In addition, radiation that comes out of this type of uranium is very low, end quote. Oh, all right. We could breathe a sigh of relief then, right? Nothing more to see here? Everybody go home? No. No, 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 not on this show, my friends. Patricia then snuck in the fun fact, quote, but what can happen, and this has been a concern for a long time, is that non-state armed groups can pack a conventional bomb with this stuff, end quote. Huh. Well, that's a bummer, to say the least, because boy howdy, does Libya have its share of non-state armed groups just chomping at the bit? You may remember a dude named Gaddafi, who, let's say, was disposed of in 2011. Since then, the country has been divided into competing political and military factions. From Robert Plummer of the BBC, quote, It is now split between an interim, internationally recognized government in the capital, Tripoli, and an unrecognized administration in the east. Neither is in control of the south, where the uranium was taken from. 
end quote. Hmm. Now, I don't know much about running a non-state armed group, but if you had yourself two and a half tons of yellow cake, I'm assuming you'd want to sell it, right? You have to ask yourself, if the UN is looking for it, it's got to be of some value, right? Well, I looked into it just enough so as not to get arrested and found the following. Now, although this deliciously sounding cake cannot be immediately used to create a nuclear weapon, a complex refinement process can convert it into something more dangerous. Quote, doing so requires an enrichment plant, which converts the uranium into gas at low temperatures before being centrifuged at high speeds to create enriched uranium. The technology to do so is tightly controlled by world-regulated bodies, uh, though their reach only extends so far. End quote from Jack Dunhill of IFL Science. Yay? So, now if you're wondering, how much enriched uranium can you squeeze out of two and a half tons of yellow cake? Uh, I got you. That's about 11 kilos or 24 pounds. So round of applause. I think we can make a sale. Uh, now, the UN, the IAEA, and anyone paying attention was understandably on edge as these 10 barrels were MIA for three days, when something surprising then happened. The Libyan National Army, or the LNA in the east, said, all good, we found it. Y'all, it was just three miles from where the UN was doing their inspection. How about that? What a coincidence. Now, the LNA, BTW, is a hodgepodge of military units with a sprinkling of local, tribal, and Salafi militias led by, get this, Field Marshal uh, Khalifa Haftar, a veteran officer who took part in the coup that brought Gaddafi to power in 1969. So talk about retro. He's back and he says he has it. Um, will it be used as a bargaining chip? Will it be handed over to the UN? Does the LNA even have it at all? Do you have it? Please let me know. DM me. Because as of this recording, uh, today is, what's today's date? July 12th? July 12th. <laughs> As of July 12th, there have been no updates. So please, watch this space. I hope to have a snug, pleasant ending for you, and I'm sure that'll happen. The end. <laughs> Thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about the Earth's, uh, the, the U.S. Air Force's plan to stop the Earth's rotation, and what hell would be brought upon us if even for a moment it stopped. Good times. And then tell them about the nuclear material that's still missing and ask them if they have it. And then you let me know. And please, stay interesting. <laughs>